This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good evening, and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Happy Memorial Day weekend and the opening of summer season. This evening, our topic is emergency medicine. What happens in the ambulance? What happens when you arrive at the emergency department? and what the doctor says when you're discharged. We have a star-studded cast. First, we'll hear from Al Davey, over 23 years as a nationally registered staff paramedic with many leadership positions, including deputy chief and now executive director of Norbert Ambulance Company. Then from Marla Pellegrini, the nurse manager of the Lankanal Hospital Emergency Department. And from Dr. Joe Bushra, over 20 years as an emergency medicine physician at Lankanal Hospital, and now Deputy Medical Director for Norbert Ambulance. Welcome, Al. Thanks for being here. Happy to join you. Al, Norbert Ambulance is amazing. 11,000 calls a year, 50 square miles of coverage. That is a big office, Al. We've grown over the years, and uh, you know, each time we you know, join a new, a new area, we just try and bring the best medicine possible. So- we're grateful well, for the opportunity every time. I can vouch for that as a, uh, a neighbor that has come to the Lankanal Hospital ER many times. You start with time is brain, time is muscle when you talk about emergency services. What do you mean by that, Al? Look, the body is an amazing machine. It moves real fast. Heart rate, heartbeats, blood pressures, even just the ability to stay conscious. Um, and in a crisis situation, those things move even faster. Um, heart rates go up, blood pressures go up. This is a time when your body's in crisis. We ask, it's not a time for you to get behind the wheel. Um, uh, the idea of a change in those those systems can also result in a change of your mental status, which doesn't make you the sharpest driver. So we ask that you call 911. Uh, simply put, uh, when the ambulance shows up, the, the care starts immediately. We don't just pick you up and take you to the hospital to get fixed. That's 1970s, 1980s concepts. We start the care right as we enter your doorway. And so we bring the first 10 to 15 minutes of the ER to your door. Beautiful way to say it. And then 
The other great thing is on your way to the hospital, you call ahead and say, we have a patient who appears to be having a stroke, appears to be having a heart attack, and they can be ready to say, okay, we're going to take Mr. Smith right to the cardiac cath lab, or we're going to be ready with clot busters, or if it's a major GI bleed, we've already called the GI doctor or the surgeons or whatever the suspicion is, and we're ready, constant 24-hour readiness. It's huge for us. Our ability to basically take our training and I'd start to narrow down what medicine, what your problem is. I mean, that's what medicine's all about, finding the problem. And so for us, if we find that this person is exhibiting stroke symptoms, we don't go right to the ER at a certain hospital. We'll bypass the ER and start the care, you know, deeper into the system. You jump, kind of jump in the line. Same thing with heart attacks. We can start getting what's called a, a STEMI center and they will work this patient through. It applies to pediatrics, burns. Our goal is to get you to the right place and let that care begin sometimes the minute we walk in the door. Sure, because you've already started an IV. You automatically put oxygen on the person's face. You A, ma- a mask, I mean. You check their sure. vital signs, blood pressure, temp, and you can do a cardiac rhythm strip, and that tells you so much. So how do you decide? You sort of answer my question. If somebody says, oh, I'm really sick, and I really want to go to Paoli, and you say, but we have to get you three minutes away to Lankin. You know, my doctor's at Paoli. I want to go to Lankin. How do you decide where to take the patient? I mean, our goal for each paramedic is to make a connection with that family and our and our job or that and that patient. Our goal is to take you where you want to go, but ultimately our burden is to take you where you need to be. And that's a big change. So that if you are having a heart attack, we want you to be at a certain center. If we notice that, you know, you're an infant, then we want you to be something with pediatric skills and tools. Uh, if you're trauma, you need a trauma center. We do not want those things. We mm-hmm. want you in the right place. And in addition, sometimes we've been at that hospital five, six times today, and we know that, well, this waiting room might be a little bit less than another waiting room. And so we may be able to get you seen faster with relationships and knowledge that we have just because we're in those ERs 27 times a day. So thank goodness, because we have people like you who are experienced and know the the chessboard of the entire area. We're going to talk about the, the areas that are covered you nuance it and really do maximize the safety and uh, uh, for the patient and give them their best chance. What are some of the common mistakes patients make while they wait for the ambulance to arrive? I mean, when we usually enter someone's world, it's not their best day. It, it just isn't. It's an emergency. They've called 911, not because they know what to do. Usually they've called 911 because they don't know what to do. And as a result, a little bit of chaos ensues. So for us, when you go to your doctor's office, you don't put your parka on, you don't pack a bag, you just you sit on the exam table and start to make yourself ready for an assessment. I promise you that assessment's coming not just at a doctor's office, but in our ambulance and in your house. Uh, sometimes we what do what's called, we quote, treat on the X, meaning wherever you are, whether that's in a street, whether that's in a hospital's doctor's office, or whether that's in your own home, we're going to treat you right there. And some of these things, it's better for us to stabilize you before we take a ride to the hospital. Get your breathing under control. Uh, Interpret your heart rhythm and telemetry that to the hospital so that we're all on the same page. That happens the minute we meet you. Gathering up your medications and And gathering up your past medical history, those are all important parts. Prepare for our arrival as best you can. It will help with the handoff. Beautiful comments. First of all, it's important for our listeners to understand it's it's a really good idea to make a list of your meds. 
um, I guess I'm not a millennial, I would say put it on a, a, a index card or something that you can laminate, keep in your wallet. Somebody today would say put it on your phone. But if somebody doesn't have know how to unlock your phone, but have your updated medicine list and any supplements you take, aspirin, uh, anti-inflammatory meds, things that could make you bleed more easily if you've hit your head or whatever, and especially if you're on a blood thinner, all those things up front and center, and allergies to medications. But the even I've been in my office at work, and I can't, I could do CPR. I've done CPR on airplanes. I've done CPR in the middle of the art museum. And, you know, you make do. I took tape, uh, tablecloths off of tables to elevate some uh, patient's feet while I put her head down. But um, I will call an ambulance. We have to call an ambulance when we're in our office to come and get the paramedics. And they're transported downstairs to the ER because we can't put them in a wheelchair, right? So all those points that um, you make so beautifully, the staff in the ambulance paramedics, EMTs, they're trained to the max. You all are just miracle workers. Tell us about that a little. So simply put, um, there are two kinds of ambulances. There are ALS ambulances for advanced life support, and there are BLS ambulances for basic life support. And they are scattered in different configurations throughout the state. Narberth puts the top people. We can put ALS trucks in all of our responses. And our goal is to basically have the highest trained person at your front door. And so uh, while all of us have to be trained as um, emergency vehicle drivers, what's called EMSVO, it's a, a course that we all have to take, uh, everybody in that, in that ambulance is either an emergency medical technician, which does oxygen, bleeding control, uh, AED usage, up to paramedics who do IV intubations, uh, intraosseous where we're giving fluid through bone, a lot of advanced products. Our goal is to deliver the best team to your door. Al, we want to deliver the message that you handle, as we said, over 11,000 calls. One new truck each year, which you try to, uh, one new ambulance here is $300,000. You cover five townships, Lower Marion, Narberth, Haverford, Conshohocken, and West Conchie. That costs money. So two big, two quick questions. How has COVID changed the process of answering a 911 call? And we want to tell people to visit narberthambulance.org to learn how they can become members because you're going to get a bill in the mail. So those two quick ones, COVID and how do you pay for this great sure. service? Uh, COVID in its waning days, I keep saying that and it keeps reviving, but mm. ultimately it takes us longer to meet a patient. Again, we have to protect our crews and sometimes we can dress before we get into the truck and sometimes we dress when we arrive at your house. But Donning and protecting our people is not just the old days of gloves. We're talking gowns and eye protection, and it's extensive. Mm -hmm. And in addition, the patients who wait too long, these are some of the sickest and, and, and those who need the most care. So we have a new level of care that we must provide, and all of that costs money. Um, Narberth uses a combination of fundraising and donations and membership drives that are all very important to our bottom line, but ultimately that only... Uh, our municipal contributions are only about 1% of our operating income. The balance of this leans to insurance. And so while the ambulance takes insurance, it takes all sorts. There's different ones. We manage to try and find a way for each patient. Mm -hmm. So if the insurance doesn't cover it, don't be surprised to get that bill in the mail. But last thought for people, if you live in the areas we mentioned, for $35, you can become a member and get a much better price if heaven forbid, you need an ambulance for yourself or your family, yes? Yeah, I mean, if every person in our coverage area had contributed just that small $35 allotment, 
um, it would make our lives a lot easier and our billing a lot, a lot easier to manage. We want you to be part of our family and we want you to be part of our solution. Outstanding care. Al Davey, thank you so much for joining us. NorbertAmbulance.org. And we want to invite people to the Rock and Ride, your big bike run and festival from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. August 20th this year on Lancaster Avenue. Al, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for the time. And thank you for your great work. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Denny Carice, Chief Science Officer at Recovery Centers of America, and I'm here as your addiction expert. I've been asked what happens to the brain when people do drugs or alcohol for a long time. We know the most about alcohol, and it can really destroy parts of the brain. You can develop something called Wernicke syndrome, and with that, you have trouble remembering and concentrating and trouble with coordination. The good news about Wernicke's is that it can be absolutely cured, but the bad news is you have to catch it within two or three days of having symptoms. Otherwise, it goes on to develop Korsakoff's, which is also known as wet brain. But the fact that you have to catch it within two or three days is why about 80 to 90% of people with Wernicke's do go on to develop Korsakoff's. And Korsakoff's is a tremendously debilitating disease where people have trouble with daily functions, with dressing themselves, with cognitive abilities. It really impairs the person to the point where they need 24-hour care. We know a lot about amphetamines and cocaine as well and what they do in the brain. So one of the problems with them starts with bone density, muscle loss, osteoporosis. Another thing that happens with cocaine and amphetamines is that they can affect the heart. You can have a heart attack or your aorta could blow, which leads you into surgery, which is, of course, not what you planned when you started using drugs, right? It's been shown that people that use a lot of amphetamines, their brain ages twice as fast as folks who don't use them. Perhaps one of the biggest things with cocaine and amphetamines and methamphetamine is that it really depletes the dopamine in your system. So the dopamine in your system is what enables us all to feel pleasure in everyday activities. What amphetamines and cocaine can do is deplete that dopamine in your body, leading to an inability to find pleasure in everyday life. If you or a loved one has a problem with alcohol or drugs, call 1-888-RECOVERY today or go to recoverycentersofamerica.com. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7. That number again is 1-888-RECOVERY. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction. You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. 
Like how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. And we're back on your radio doctor talking about emergency medicine. We just learned how vitally important it is to call 911 in an emergency because your treatment starts as soon as those paramedics and EMTs come to your door. And they can call the hospital ahead of time to talk to somebody like Marla Pellegrini, <laughs> who's the nurse manager for the Lankanol Medical Center Emergency Department. And believe me, on a scale of one to five, I know she's a six gold star rated nurse manager. Marla, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Ritchie, for having me. Oh, Marianne, we're sisters. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I know uh, I am a frequent flyer, or my family, I should say. I have a very large extended family, and I have always had tip-top care at Lankanaw. And we all know that sometimes you arrive and you might be in pain or you're worried, but you might have to wait. Tell us what happens when I walk into the ER or if the ambulance brings me or my family to the ER? Sure, of course. Um, so there is two ways to present to the emergency department. We have the front entrance, um, if your family brings you and drives you there, or we have the ambulance entrance. So if you're coming in by ambulance, the ambulance team gives us a heads up. Each uh, county has a specific phone that they call us on, and they kind of give us a heads up of your condition, um, what your vital signs are, what your chief complaint is, and it lets us determine which area of the department that you go to. So we, all the areas in our department at Lankanall, as m most people know, that we just opened a brand new apartment in 2019. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's about- six, It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 65,000 square foot. It's uh, state-of-the-art, um, level two trauma center, three trauma bays. It's beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, so the ambulance will come in and we meet them at the door. And um, a lot of times we give them a, a room ahead of time saying, hey, we're going to send this patient to room 17. So we have acute areas and non-acute areas in the emergency department. Most emergency departments do. So the most acute areas, if you're having a heart attack, a stroke symptoms, respiratory distress, something like that, those areas... <clears throat> are highly manned, as you can imagine. And, um, and the ambulance will take you right into the rooms and the nurses and the doctors meet you in the room there. So, um, and the non-acute areas are also highly manned. Our department is a very well-staffed department. Um, but that's like for non-urgent things that shouldn't take too long, more like earache, toe pain, you know, headache, tooth pain, uh, more like urgent care type of stuff. Um, and then also we have an area for like abdominal pain, like middle of the road type of area. So, uh, so then the ambulance will just, will will let them know which area to go to and we'll, you know, do your, take your care from there. On the other hand, if you walk through the front door, we have an expert team out front that meets you out there. We have lots of, uh, if you've ever been to our emergency department, we have techs that meet you right there at the door. As soon as you walk in, first thing we do is take your vital signs. We find out your chief complaint while you're coming in. Um, Sometimes if you're having a heart attack or you're having chest pain, you're uh, sweaty and short of breath, um, there's a very good chance those patients will go right through the door. So if you're sitting there waiting in the waiting room, you know, for and see patients going right through, you might be just based off of their chief complaint. But that expert team makes a decision what kind of level of care that you're going to go to in the department. And, and then you're just 
they are that information is put into the computer and then we're placed based off of acuity. It's not placed off of like how you show up to a restaurant. <laughs> you know, it's not placed off right. of like, you know, I got here at 505, she walked in at 507. You know, it's really who is the sickest and it's like I said those things are are based off of your chief complaint, your appearance and your vital signs. Your appearance, mm-hmm. yes. If somebody's looking pale or super sweaty yes. and we're afraid they're going to pass out because their heart's not sending blood everywhere because the heart is under attack. So so I think you mentioned a lot of very good points and one I want to repeat for the listeners is that if an ambulance comes to the ambulance entrance, that's a special team ready to go, 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 because they've been alerted. If uh, a, a more, I guess, sedate entrance would be somebody who brings himself or their family member, um, the, the team meets, gets the basics. What does this person look like? Because what people have to realize, our listeners, is not everyone who brings himself or herself or their loved one is uh, a, a laceration or a broken toe. They could have made not such a good choice to drive themselves. They could be the heart attack and the person coming in the ambulance might be stable because it's an elderly person who fell and people were afraid with a broken hip mm-hmm. to transport them themselves. And it's so, I mean, not every ambulance case is super high. You said acuity, super severe, Im- immediate in need of immediate urgent care. Um, although urgent care now means less important, less <laughs> vital. But anyway, not everybody who comes in by ambulance has a life-threatening situation. Correct. And not everybody who brings himself or herself is uh, any less yes. low level mm-hmm. uh, in oh, danger. Yeah. yeah. So so that's what your triage, the word triage means. And people have heard that, but if, if they've never really thought about it, it means that you look at the, the metrics. Yes. How sick is this person from what they look like, what they complain of? Why are you here? Because I have pain in my chest or because I'm bleeding or whatever the issue. And so you take all that into account, your triage nurse, and then the weight. Uh, You might be sitting waiting to be brought back for an examination and you say, hmm. But as you say, it's not a restaurant where the four o'clock shows up for their reservation at five or four and they get taken right back. It depends on acuity, as you say, how severely ill is the person and availability of your beds. Yes. Like right now, our beds might be full. So if the the ambulance calls and says, Marla, or you know, we have uh, a heart attack patient, you might say, gosh, our cath lab is full, we're full, take them to the next nearest hospital. That happens sometimes as well. Yes, right? unfortunately that does happen sometimes. That is called divert. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, the EMTs, the paramedics, Al just explained it beautifully, is that nuance that could save your life. Because what if your family member brings you to hospital A and they say, you know what, we're, we'll do our best, but we're, we had, you know, we had a multi-vehicular accident and, you mm-hmm. know, and it might take even an extra 15 or 20 minutes, whatever. Yes. So, so all those features go into adding to your safety. Tell us about, as you were saying, the layout in the Lankanaw Emergency Department is beautiful and it's color-coded for those areas you mentioned, Yes, right? yes. We made it geriatric-friendly and purposely put that into color-coded uh, departments. So we have a purple area and a yellow area. They're each made up of 15 beds, um, and that's our higher acuity areas. Uh, so the nurse-patient ratio is a little bit lower so that you get more uh, one-on-one care in those areas. And um, and then the doctor and 
PA ratio is a little is is appropriate in those areas as well. So um, yes, so that is the higher acuity area. Those rooms are a little bit larger and can you know fit like the resuscitation team if necessary. And then we have a lower acuity area, which is our blue area, which is basically our urgent care area that's made up of eight beds. Um, and then our green area is like like I said, middle of the line type of thing. We have five different levels of acuity. So um, it's still very well staffed, uh, nurses, techs, doctor, and that's like abdominal pain or, you know, uh, cellulitis of your leg or something like that. And then we also have an orange area that we use for uh, overflow. And then the middle of the department mm -hmm. is made up of our trauma bays, which we can, there are three huge trauma bays can fit two patients per bay if necessary. We have a couple CAT scanners right off of the trauma bay. We have two x-ray rooms and then an ultrasound room. And then we also have this results pending area, which is these recliners. So don't ever get upset if you come in and somebody takes you out of a room that you've already been evaluated by a provider um, and you had your blood test done and you had your cat skin done, you're just waiting for your results and we put you into a recliner. Because what we're doing is we're opening up another room for the patients that are waiting in the waiting room. So you're a great sure. walkie-talkie and you're going to be discharged in the next half hour, 45 minutes. So you might sit in a recliner for that last time period. Mm-hmm. And you say trauma bay. Lankanol is a level two trauma center. Even I was I was a resident there a uh, hundred years ago. <laughs> but way back back then we had the heliport. Yes. So that's important for people to know. Both Lankanol and Paoli have heliports, yes? Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Which is so important for people to know. And that results pending area, even like, you know, somebody says, Oh, I have to wait two hours for my blood test. Well, gosh, it's better than going to an outpatient tomorrow and get, waiting two days for a lab test. So people have to put it into perspective. It's still pretty remarkable what you're able to provide for people. And say if you're here and you have belly pain and we want to rule out diverticulitis or a hot gallbladder or something yeah. that we, that needs a CAT scan, you might have to drink and it has to go through, through your own I-95 <laughs> from your mouth to the outside, uh, the last exit, then that might take several hours. So be patient. We are giving you uh, fashion forward care. I mean, this is the 21st century Palooza at Lankanaw and all mainline health. Um, and again, if you're in the waiting area, someone else goes in before you. It's because someday, hopefully not, if you're the person with that heart attack potentially or stroke, that's going to be you that we stop everything and focus on you. Yeah, absolutely. And one great statistics or interesting statistics you should know is 80% of our heart attacks walk through the front door. See, and that's, that's what, yeah. So you have to, even to some of the ambulance mm -hmm. people that maybe were, you know, at a, in a setting and they're stable, um, you know, yes. trust that the, the fantastically trained ED staff, you you're the nurse manager. You're the one deciding who goes where, overseeing the entire chessboard. And thanks to people like Al, <laughs> the pre-arrival care, and then the doctors, it's it's just fantastic. Um, and it's probably a good idea, especially for an older person, if a family member can come with you. Because what if the person passes out and they can't tell their story? And that's why different times right. I've been in church or different places where somebody passes out. And I jump out of the pew and I say, tell me your meds. Because I think I might only have five <laughs> or six minutes before they close their eyes and, and faint. And, um, so important. So important. Yes. Marla, thank you for your fantastic work. It was wonderful to have you. And, um, thank you. Hopefully Maria. I won't be seeing you again too soon. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I always like to see you. So uh, pop in and say hi. Take care. It was wonderful. Thank you for having oh, me. Thank you. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience.
Just download the Odyssey app and search your radio doctor. It's health education on demand. This is Emily Rubin, registered dietitian with Thomas Jefferson University Hospital and Thomas Jefferson University Celiac Center and the PR chair for the Academy of Philadelphia and Dietetic Association presenting you with your tip of the week. So this week we are going to continue our conversation about the gluten-free diet treating both celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration known as the FDA defines foods labeled gluten-free as having less than 20 parts per million of gluten. Foods can also be labeled certified gluten-free, which also is less than 20 parts per million. Any other kind of labeling, such as no gluten ingredients or gluten-free friendly, are not necessarily 20 parts per million. Because not every product that is gluten-free will be labeled gluten-free because food labeling is voluntary. As a registered dietitian, I do recommend patients eat products that are labeled gluten-free just to prevent them from getting any cross-contamination of gluten. I often see patients who come to me wondering why they are not feeling better, even though they claim that they're eating a 100% gluten-free diet. So I turn into the gluten detective, contacting companies, pharmacies, restaurants to clarify if their products are really gluten-free. Sometimes I even test my patients by making them read food labels in front of me to make sure that they're actually gluten-free. And I will even go to restaurants and quiz some of the servers and and cooks to see if they're actually making the product gluten-free. Another pro tip that I have is there's many gluten-free apps where you can scan your products to see if they're gluten-free and even list gluten-free restaurants. So some of the common packaged products that contain gluten are seasonings, soups, gravies, and there's all different kinds of unrecognizable gluten additives such as hydrolyzed vegetable protein and natural artificial color and dextrin. So when it comes to candy, not as a dietitian, we should recommend candy, but obviously everybody always wants their favorite candy. One of the big hidden sources of gluten in those little chocolate miniatures or the mixed packages of chocolate or holiday style chocolate is they do not clean the conveyor belts in between. So then there may be gluten hidden in there. Also licorice, one of the second ingredients is actually wheat flour. And many people think that they can eat licorice, but they can't. Other products such as packaged nuts or anything that's actually packaged could also contain shells and wheat as well. And then very interestingly enough, there's naturally gluten-free products such as rice in a box and and quinoa and buckwheat. It is actually best to get that labeled gluten-free because there have been studies that show those products possibly containing gluten from the factories or the fields. This is Emily Rubin, dietitian, wrapping up your nutrition tip of the week. For more information, you can contact yourradiodoctor.com. And we will continue one last session on the importance of the gluten-free diet. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. 
you need an exceptionally specialized Rothman orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY. Now, When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And we're back on Your Radio Doctor. I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie, and I'm so happy that my friend and lifesaver, Dr. Joe Bushra, is here. Dr. Joe Bushra, a superb emergency medicine physician, with over 20 years of experience, many at Lankanol, where he became the chief of the emergency medical department, and now is the chief medical director of Norbeth Ambulance, as well as a board member. Welcome, Joe. So good to have you. Thank you, Marianne. Great to be with you. Joe, for our listeners, I have to stop right here because my extended family, I call, I call us frequent flyers in the Lankanol emergency department. And anytime I have walked in and seen your handsome face, I take a long breath, a sigh of relief, because my listeners need to know that you're an exceptional physician and you're also very calm and very nice. So many a time I've been in there and uh, you've really helped us. So I thank you for that. You're very kind. Of course, you're welcome. So Joe, if you would walk us through a visit to the emergency department, we talked about what happens in the ambulance, how Marla directs the traffic and makes sure that each person is treated uh, acutely, emergently, if they have a very severe issue or in the right order. Tell us what happens when you get taken back to a room. So our goal is obviously to see everyone as quickly as we can. Uh, Patients come to the emergency room to see a physician uh, and our goal is to is to get to the patient as quickly as we can. Um, sometimes that's longer than we'd like, and we try to make good decisions about the order in which we see patients, but uh, th- that's the ultimate goal. And what you, you can expect when you're the patient waiting to see the physician is, you know, even in these days of technology and advancements, really the most important part is a conversation. It's a conversation between the patient and the doctor or uh, the mid-level uh, provider. That conversation is is really going to include a series of questions and answers about uh, your complaint, what you're in the emergency department for, when it started, how long it's been going on, uh, what things make the symptom worse and better, uh, and uh, using those questions uh, to try to figure out what the cause of the symptom might be. Sometimes it's very straightforward. I fell and hurt my wrist, and that's really all there is to the question and answer. 
but sometimes it's a lot more complicated, especially with a, with a complaint like chest pain or shortness of breath that could have many different causes. And so the most important part is that uh, we call that taking the history, uh, that conversation uh, with uh, the patient to figure out the exact nature of the complaint. And we spoke earlier about uh, other things you ask are your past medical history. Has this ever happened before? I took a neighbor to the ER, beautiful uh, experience she had at, at Lankanal recently. And um, she, the nurse said, has this ever happened before? Yes, I had this similar thing. And we were able to go to records and, and put the story together. And that's going to change what you do today because, you know, if you've already been treated with A, you know, we'll do something different. And and the other thing is, say, take, as you mentioned, shortness of breath. That could be COVID or it could be a, a community acquired pneumonia. It could be a pulmonary embolism. And you work through that with blood tests as such, but medical history, surgical history. What if somebody comes in, they had surgery two, three weeks ago, they've been sedentary and the clot goes from their sedentary position in bed. And uh, so, yes, it's so important. And we stress too, keep a list of your medications handy including allergies to medicines, especially if you, you're you faced with a patient who's woozy and not uh, able to really clarify. That's why it's always important. If you have uh, a friend or a family member that can come with you, maybe they saw how you fell or maybe they saw what happened prior and that brings so many clues to you. And then uh, tell us about the physical exam. Of course, the person's in a gown. We don't examine you with your clothes on. Yeah, of course. That's so many things can be missed if we try to examine you with your clothes on. So in a gown, you'll you'll be examined from head to toe uh, with a focus on areas that are uh, related to what complaint you have, but uh, in general, uh, a thorough exam head to toe. Um, and with the history and the exam, 80 to 90% of the time, we can get a pretty good idea of what's going on. And even if we don't know exactly what's going on at that point, We'll create a working list of possibilities, um, and that list will include things that are common, uh, and we may look at some of the most common things that would cause your symptom, okay. but at the same time, we're also looking at things that are serious. We want to make a list of the most dangerous things that could be causing your symptom because ultimately, our, our goal is to keep you safe and to make sure that we eliminate the most dangerous things first so that uh, even if we don't figure out exactly what's causing your symptom, we make sure that you don't have anything serious. And I like the way you present that, Joe. Your main goal at an emergency visit is the patient's safety. Absolutely. Do they need, yeah, do they need to be admitted? And if you do keep them, do they need a cardiac cath or not? Do they need surgery or not? Do they need a clot buster or not? And then if it is safe to send them home, the, the most important message is? The most important message at that point is, uh, follow-up. We are, we, we've come to a, a point in your care where we think you're safe to go home, but it's not the end of the, of the episode. You will need to follow up with your primary care doctor. You may need to see a specialist in follow-up. There are times when, uh, a lot of times actually, that when we don't reach the answer. We like to find answers in the emergency department. We like to be able to tell you exactly what it is that's causing your complaint, uh, but sometimes we can't. Uh, and so in those cases, we like to get to a point where you're safe, we're sure that you don't have anything serious, and then put you on a path to find the answer. And that may take time, mm -hmm. that may take uh, some weeks even with further testing, specialist evaluations uh, to get to that answer. Uh, but we're uh, in, in the business of finding emergencies, 
uh, and we do that quite well. I mean, as an example, we talked about the other day, I personally had pneumonia a few years ago. I had a cold for about a week, and then day seven or so, I had 102, and I said, oh, this has to be pneumonia. And I went to an urgent care, and the chest x-ray was clear, but I knew it had to be the next level. And sure enough, I called my doctor the next day, CAT scan showed the pneumonia. A, a layperson who didn't learn that in medical school first year might say, well, the test tests look fine. You have to follow up because it's not that we missed it in the ER or the ED. We interchange, we talked about that emergency room, emergency department. Um, it, it might be the condition itself might be a timeline. And when we see it day one, it looks a lot different on day five or six, right? Yes, we tend to see things very early uh, in their course in the emergency department. Patients come in very quickly, which is good, but it can be very hard to figure out exactly the cause of a symptom uh, in uh, in the first day, uh, in the first few hours. Um, and time sometimes is a is a uh, brings a lot of clarity to what's going on. And so uh, we we do tell our patients if we're sending them home, look, you're going to go home. We're not sure perhaps what's causing your symptoms. We're not finding anything dangerous, but if something changes, your symptoms get worse instead of better, you're not able to reach your doctor uh, or anything else that worries you, please come back and let us take another look because it may be a little clearer 6, 12, 24 hours from now than it is now. Sure. And if it's a Saturday evening, obviously they can't see their doctor the next day. And you have said repeatedly, our door is open 24-7, no matter what your age, no matter what your condition. So what are some examples of cases that might re require a patient coming back to you uh, before they get to their primary doc or a specialist? So one scenario is where we don't know what the diagnosis is. We think we've reached a position of safety, but then something changes over a short period of time. It's a long holiday weekend as we have coming up and uh, something changes and they, a patient can't get back to their doctor. So we, um, we have them come back. It may be that we have the diagnosis correct. Uh, and we've started treatment, but sometimes the treatments uh, don't work as quickly or as well as we would like them to. Mm -hmm. So you may have uh, asthma, and we have treated your asthma, and you've improved in the emergency department, and we send you home on some some prednisone, perhaps. And uh, despite that treatment, you get worse again. And so then you need to come back. Those things mm -hmm. happen, and we are um, th that's what we're there for. There's mm -hmm. no other place. Uh, in healthcare, where you can have 24-7 access to a physician like the emergency department. And so mm -hmm. uh, in the absence of any other um, uh, in the, any other option, uh, that's what we're there for. And, and we, we encourage our patients to come back. And I think a trend that we've seen in the maybe past 15 or 20 years is now there's an observation area where you keep somebody for 24 hours and just say, you know what, I want to make sure this doesn't gallop. I want to make sure your temp doesn't go higher or your shortness of breath doesn't gallop and get ahead of you. So so that's a wonderful, you're not in an ER bed, but you're in this other area that you're still under our umbrella and we're not sending you home and, and uh, let you get worse and have to come back. A GI bleed, sometimes a, a young person, like you said the other day, might have a little blood on the toilet tissue and they're concerned, hey, is this cancer? Is this also colitis? Is it food poisoning? And you see them. And if it's just a streak and their own hemoglobin is normal, they have time to get to their doc next week. But if that bleeding steps up, you want them to come back right away. Um, or if somebody has a trauma, they fall and the x-ray says, you know, there's no break there because the bones are aligned. Sometimes it takes as long as seven days 
for the bony uh, growth to fill back in. And then you see that white line. So some of these things have to evolve. Yeah. And the observation unit allows us when we're not sure if someone's safe or not to hold them in a, in a, in an area where we can observe them over time and make sure nothing is changing over, over a short period of time. That's right. Great idea. It makes it so much safer. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with our wrap up and Dr. Joe Bushra. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating, Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And we're back for our final segment of Your Radio Doctor. We call this segment Your Weekly Prescription, a wrap-up of the show sponsored by Genentech, the first biotech company in the country. And Dr. Joe Bushra, tell us, if you would, again, the goal of the emergency department services. Our, our goal is really to uh, ensure that you're safe. We're there to identify life-threatening emergencies and treat those as quickly as possible. Uh, and if your condition is not life-threatening and you're able to, to go home, to make sure that you're safe and that we have a plan for you to reach a, the, the final diagnosis and the right treatment for you. Mm -hmm. And if you get home and while you're waiting to return to your primary doctor or specialist, you're always welcome to come back during that interim. Absolutely. Our lights are always on. We never close the doors. We're always there for you. And I want to hear more about Narberth Ambulance. I'm so amazed at the whole structure. And and, uh, I know you have an administrative position, but you are also, uh, Narberth Ambulance has uh, a big staff of 140 uh, volunteers and um, staff members. And how many ambulance companies have physicians that go out to the scene as well? I've I never heard of that, that they have, we have paramedics and EMTs, but you take a regular uh, turn to go out to the scene. Tell us about that. So all, all ambulance companies need to have a medical director, but a lot of times that's just a, a figurative thing. It's just someone in name only. But we're very blessed to have four physicians who are medical directors, three assistants who work with me. Uh, and we have a physician response program 
where physicians will and respond to scenes uh, with the paramedics and EMTs to render care in the field. Uh, and so whether that's in someone's home or at the scene of a car accident or uh, someone's place of business, uh, we will uh, often respond and bring a physician level of care to the patient in, in, in the street or in their home. There are things that physicians are allowed to do that paramedics and EMTs are not allowed to do in the field. Uh, and there are certain medications and treatments that we can offer that a paramedic can't. Uh, and so bringing that high level, essentially bringing the emergency department to the patient uh, is really one of the things that, I've, that makes Narberth Ambulance unique. So if there's a situation where there are multiple vehicles in an accident, you're there to decide airway management or sort of triage on the street, who leaves most quickly and that sort of thing. Or if there's a big, like when the papal visit, when there are all those people sure. or, or a big, um, you know, like the Broad Street 5K, all those issues need more than one set of hands. It's, it's just remarkable and a huge responsibility. And I know that a lot of ambulance services, maybe in a major city like New York, they're funded with tax dollars and city employees. Narbeth is a private nonprofit that has a contract with some of the municipalities, but that's maybe a few percentage points of your whole budget. So you have a membership drive, and Al started to talk about that a little bit. Tell us about that. Yeah, the membership drive is a way to get members of the community to support uh, their ambulance company. Uh, you, you'd be surprised how many uh, residents like you think that their tax dollars are, are supporting the ambulance company like they do police and fire, and they just don't. Uh, and so getting the word out, making people aware that their ambulance company is a, is a nonprofit charitable organization that needs their support. Uh, and uh, so the membership drive does that. And then, you know, looking for grants and other uh, options, uh, opportunities for funding. Uh, and then uh, we do big fundraisers uh, a couple of times a year, and we do this uh, Narberth bike race that uh, uh, is coming up here in August uh, to raise money. I think also people would be surprised to hear how much an ambulance costs, and Al may have talked about this, but a fully stocked, staffed, brand new ambulance is close to $350,000. Uh, and then the equipment that goes into it and then the training of the staff that, that uh, man the ambulance uh, is, you know, puts that price closer to half a million just to get an ambulance to come to your door. And you try to do a new ambulance every year. And so that's why August 20, listen, my friends, August 20 is going to be so much fun, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. up and down Lancaster Avenue. And thanks to the Ardmore Music Hall, tons of different bands all throughout Ardmore and that area and a bike race for adults and for children. There's a skateboard area. It's just a really fun day. And the membership is only $35 per person or $85 for a family. And if you are a member and you get that bill, you're, you're going to get a bill. It's less expensive when you're a member, right? That's correct. I think that's an important message, yeah. Um, quickly, teaching is another great uh, service that you offer. You teach advanced life-saving, basic life-saving, and stop the bleed. Can we hear about those? Sure. So we're happy to help you when uh, you're hurt or in trouble, but it's much more important to us to try to prevent that if we can. And so if we can uh, teach you to be safe, if we can have an AED in your school or place of business and teach you how to use it, if we can teach your uh, staff members or employees how to do CPR, um, then we do that. My wife just had our own uh, kids school at Narberth Ambulance doing CPR training for a bunch of young, young, younger people, uh, or, you know, young teenagers. Uh, and it's a wonderful thing that uh, that we offer to the community. 
Well, it's a fantastic collection of information that we've learned from Dr. Joe Bushra, Marla Pellegrini, and Al Davey. NorbertAmbulance.org. Please visit, see how you can become a member and come to the bike race. And thanks to Ardmore Music Hall and all the people that work so hard to raise funds for NorbertAmbulance.org. Joe, thanks a million for joining us. We learned so much. Thank you so much, Marianne. And now for your real champion. I call this segment, Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Summer sleepaway camp. For some kids, it's quite an adjustment. Remember Alan Sherman singing, Hello, Mada, Hello, Fada, as he complained about Camp Granada? Okay, our younger listeners will have to Google that. Well, here's a man whose days at camp opened the door to a very exciting life. David Zaslow. As a little boy, he had his heart set on fixing hearts as a heart surgeon. Well, just before high school, a paramedic at his summer camp gave David great advice. If you want to be a doctor, get some hands-on experience. Volunteer for a local ambulance company. So at the age of 15, David joined the Winbrook Ambulance Association and got his feet wet. At age 16, he dove all the way in and became the first junior member of Narberth Ambulance Company. In fact, it led to an entire program that now invites high school students from across the region to get a taste of emergency medicine, participate in community service, and maybe spark a career. Through junior and senior year in high school, David wore a pager on his belt. The headmaster at the Haverford School gave him permission to leave school for local ambulance calls, as long as he made up his schoolwork. While other kids were cool for playing sports or writing for the school paper, Nobody messed with Zaslow. He was out saving lives. Well, after completing college at Cornell, David dedicated an entire year to training in paramedic school and became even more committed as a first responder. Then on to Temple Law School. The end result? A man with a dual background in medicine and law who understands the perspective of the healthcare provider and the patient and brings this critical insight into managing a wide array of cases. Imagine being a lawyer for your day job while still dedicating at least one night a week volunteering as the first responder for victims of heart attack, stroke, bleeding, auto accidents. EMTs and paramedics never know what they're going to face and in some cases endanger themselves. They're called to a scene on a highway surrounded with traffic or they enter a home where there's been domestic abuse. Since joining Narbeth Ambulance in 1985, David is the longest running, tenured, consistently serving member in the history of the company. With over 25,000 hours to his credit, that includes over 10,000 ambulance calls, 26 years on the board, 30 years as an operations officer, and now in his 14th year as president. I asked if he had any particular stories that stand out. Once David and his wife were on vacation in North Carolina, 800 miles away at a bed and breakfast. When the owner learned David was a paramedic, he recounted the story of a friend who had experienced cardiac arrest while playing tennis in a Philadelphia suburb. It was David who brought him back to life. Another occasion, David answered a call to a swim club. A small child suddenly sank to the bottom of the pool. Lifeguards moved quickly to bring him to the surface. It was David who performed the CPR, which saved the child. 
Some years later, he learned that the boy's father was a professor at his law school. Everyone joked that if David took that course, the professor would surely give him an A+. The grateful father and respectful student are friends to this day. David Zaslow was a man of passion. It takes a special temperament to handle the pressure of a first responder, staying cool and calm while deploying skills they learn in training. As a paramedic, David knows that he often meets a person at the worst moment of his or her life. He and his team have about 20 minutes to resuscitate, stabilize, treat, and transfer the patient to the emergency department, hoping that the end result is a second lease on life for the patient and his or her loved ones. David Zaslow is a part of a very special family. He shares a special camaraderie with fellow paramedics, EMTs, and the physicians at Narberth Ambulance. It warms his heart to know he plays an active role in saving lives on the scene, but also sees the importance of maintaining this invaluable community service. As chairman of the board, he collaborates with the police and fire departments, helps manage the budget, and is the company's biggest cheerleader, telling the whole community who we are, what we do, and why it's important. Narberth Ambulance defines him, and thousands of people are better for it. We salute you, David Zaslow, your real champion. Visit the website narberthambulance.org and mark your calendar for August 20 for the Rock and Ride, where you'll have fun and raise funds for Narberth Ambulance. Be a volunteer. Become a member. Go to Rock and Ride on August 20, narberthambulance.org. Thank you for joining us this evening and every Saturday at 5 o'clock. Listen to this show or any of our shows again on yourradiodoctor.com. Send us a story of a champion in your family, office, or community. Send an email to info at yourradiodoctor.net. A special thank you to our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, and we're grateful to support from Recovery Centers of America and Rothman Orthopedic Institute, and our newest sponsor, Genentech the first biotech company in the U.S. Here's wishing you a happy Memorial Weekend. It's more than just the start of summer. It originated in 1868 during the Civil War, Decoration Day, when citizens would place flowers on graves of those lost in battle. Now we hang our stars and stripes to honor all the men and women who have given their lives for our country. United we stand. Now, if you're headed to the pool or beach, don't forget the sunscreen. This is your radio doctor, Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love. Always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating. 
Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. 